Welcome to Patch Notes. Um, I'm here with uh, everyone's favorite, John. John, actually, mm-hmm. I should say we got a uh, a complaint email about your treatment of WWE that I have to forward you. So okay. I need to forward that to you. It's thoughtful. What it's, did Vince it's not, want? It's, huh? What did Vince want? <laughs> I wish. Vince wanted to give me a lot of money, and I accepted it. Right. Uh, no, let's see. It was... Um, I, I'll just... I'll just uh, Let's see. I'll go back to my email real quick. I complete. Oh, it's from um, the email is TasteFlex. Uh, oh, oh, the person's name is uh, Eric. Okay. Um, so they're not affiliated with anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, they like all the podcasts. They really like no cartridge. So, uh, oh, you know what? Excuse me. It's not Fallout Seventy Six. It's not. Uh, it's not WWE. That was something else. Uh, that was that was friend of the show. Um, uh, Scott B. Uh, uh, was upset about your take on WWE, and we'll talk about that on an episode where he's a guest. This is someone upset with your take and my take on uh, Fallout 76. Um, so apparently, uh, it's a pretty interesting game. Uh, and like there, and I, I, you know, I think, I think there is something to be said about this in games we cover, and and maybe like this is worth saying. I I mentioned this so I don't forget to forward it to you because it it is interesting, and they asked me to forward it along to you. Um, but like I think Eric makes a fairly decent point that we sometimes uh and we will today because there's another i saw in the in the news notes that where we have more anthem news um we do sometimes uh kind of tap dance on the grave of some games yeah i don't, uh, I don't apologize for that well i you know the only reason <laughs> i i only apologize for it by saying i 100 percent imagine that it's true that fallout 76 represents a kind of unique gaming experience that divorced from any sort of element of it as game probably makes probably is worth kind of like experiencing uh for if like we're you know doing this critically um i don't know if that means that i'm interested in it doing it myself or not uh but i would say patch notes is probably we are a little more uh dismissive of that level of discourse so uh i appreciate eric writing in um and i wanted to acknowledge that uh they're probably uh they probably have a point we probably do dismiss it a little too quickly um in in the in the interests of uh, of brevity. All right. I mean, here, all right. Here's my my issue with with Fallout seventy six is um, we have fairly extensive reporting on sort of what went into some of the background discussions about mm-hmm. that stuff. I want to say Schreier did some stuff on it at Kotaku before he left, um, and this is especially true of Anthem. We have extensive reporting. Oh yeah, on how the that anthem, anthem is, is like yes. Um, and I want to say most of our reactions to Anthem had nothing to do with telling people that they were bad people for you know not uh, for enjoying how it played, um, for enjoying the community building that obviously happens in it, uh, for enjoying um, playing with their friends, uh, for even just you know using it as an escape from whatever's going on in their life. I have no problem with anyone mm-hmm. doing that. I have no problem with any of that. Um, we examined Anthem specifically, and Fallout 76 was sort of in this bag, too, as examples of larger trends in gaming gone disastrously wrong. Um, and I don't, yeah. I don't think that there's any great rebuttal or great argument to be made that Anthem and Fallout 76 both didn't go disastrously wrong and aren't still both going disastrously wrong. Yeah, I will say the one thing for for F76 as opposed to Anthem is that there's at least like a glimmer of community there. There's something still happening there. Well, I mean, it's a Fallout I, game. There has to I mean, yeah. Well, no, you're right. 
it's almost impossible. It may actually be impossible to make to kill that franchise in one game. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, and this has nothing to do with how the game actually plays, though. I've oh, yeah. watched footage, extensive footage about how the game actually plays right now, and I can say that uh, they're trying with some of these bugs. Um, but it, it's not possible to kill that franchise in one game. There's going to be people who are love it, who are dedicated to it, who are devoted to it. Uh, no matter how many um, times the company actively spits in their face, which is what they did on release. I mean, it's been a while since we covered all that stuff, but uh, you remember the tote bag situation. I do, yes, uh, You remember the help desk ticket situation. I do, uh, I mean, yes. Yeah, this, as far as I'm concerned, the in-game play, the interesting aspects of how that game plays aren't really this show's concern. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we no, don't, no. We don't go for, into for that sure. stuff. For sure it's not, but I think it's worth saying that, like, you know, I understand why people would be uh, frustrated if we, you know... Uh, I understand the frustration, I guess sure. is what I'll say. Yeah. And like, I, I, I will acknowledge that that is not something we necessarily cover here. Um, but yeah, yeah. Send the email along. I'll, I'll take a look at it. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, anyway, uh, thank you for that email. I appreciate, I appreciate everyone uh, dropping a line. Feel, feel free to, uh, you can email me at trevor.strunk at gmail.com or there is a no cartridge email, but I never really used it very much. So I'll be, I'll be, I'll be totally honest with you. That's not something that I that I use often enough. Um, but yeah, uh, and John, I appreciate your your commentary there. That's very helpful. Yeah, actually, and I, I apologize. It I sounded dismissive there, and I was sort of dismissive there because I feel fairly strongly about the subject. But I really shouldn't be commenting on Eric's email without actually having read the email before. So uh, none of well, what I yeah. said was I actually sort of set you up there, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Uh, that's cool, though. It's cool when you get set up. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, anyway, uh, how are you? How you been? Uh, I've been all right. Quarantine sucks shit. Yeah, it's um, no good. I went out today. Everyone hates quarantine, huh? Yeah, I went out today because I had to take some stuff. Because shit keeps breaking around here. I had to take some stuff to the dump uh, because, uh, you know, it's stuff that we can't just ask the garbage people who are already risking their lives to uh, to deal with. Um, yeah, that's fair. On my way back, I drove past the uh, the local Ace Hardware. Um, shout out to the local Ace Hardware, where I worked for 89 days a couple years ago. Uh, That's a good amount of time. Got fired on the 89th day, because on the 90th day, they had to give me health care. Uh, huh. And they replaced me with a college student. Um, wow. was on his parents' health care. Yeah, well, of course. Work yes, part-time. Yes, um, anyway, so they're, they were doing huh. great business. Uh, this is middle. Of the, we're recording this on a Friday, so this happened in the middle of the day. Um, that parking lot was packed. People were like, "It's this thing where, like, uh, if you stand, if they people think if they stand three or like five feet apart, they can do whatever they want." Um, oh yeah, no, no, no. I, 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 I can even. I won't say that I feel that way, but I do. I yes, I have seen that and yeah. know how that feels before you check yourself and you're like, "Now wait a second. <laughs> yeah. So like and. So I was stuck at it because there's a light right there, so I had to stop. Uh, so I looked over at the parking lot. Of course, it's jam-packed. There's workers moving uh, between customers who are standing in that line, you know, that that becoming ubiquitous six feet separated line sure. uh, to get into the building. And people just start, you know, drifting closer together to have conversations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at some point, given the government's failure to do anything about this, people are going to have to go out and to some extent, live their lives in terms of work 
and getting things, and people just can't stay indoors forever. But, no. Uh, the antibody test is sort of interesting, I will say. Um, I, I want to get one of those to see if I got those antibodies, if I had yeah. COVID already. Is there actually – I haven't – I've – yeah, they're, they're I, I've, I've sort of like been LabCorp and stuff like that. Yeah, I've been paying mostly paying attention to the MLB stuff. So, oh, that's reasonable. Yeah, the, um, the antibody, like uh, everything, sort of, the the efficacy of these tests all sort of runs together for me. Uh, is, does yeah, the I, antibody test actually work? I don't know. I mean, I assume I from what I've heard, it does. Like right. uh, my mother is a medical professional, and her account of it seems to be that it does. Um, that it is at least reliable. But you know what? If any medical professionals are listening and uh, you know, here's here's my plea. Please do not say my mother is dumb. Okay. Uh, maybe maybe informed incorrectly if you want to go that route. But uh, um, you know, she's 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 very smart. But uh, in any case, yes, I, I think like that's something that's interesting. But you're one hundred percent correct in that. Like, we I mean, we just we just don't have anything. Like, there's there's no there's no order or um, I, there's. Nothing good's going to come of any of this. Let's be let's be one hundred percent honest. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they're just everybody's everybody's out and about. Everybody was um doing their thing. I mean, I've 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 been going out once a week basically for mm-hmm. um. Yeah, food. that's a good that's a good time to go. Yeah. Um, and you know, th- the week or two after lockdown started, it looked you know the, the, the I live in the Maryland suburbs. Uh, and Maryland currently has a bunch of spike cases spiking, though uh, I don't believe my corner of the state is among the hardest hit. Um, it was actually locked down. You know, there were a few cars on the road. Uh, the supermarket was busy-ish, but not okay. uh, overwhelmed. And now it's just sort of like we're settling back into normal numbers, cars on the streets, uh, sort of normal number of people walking around. It's just everyone's got masks on this time. Um, I mean, the, the I will say, and this is this is maybe me being a little too sunny, but I do think that the um, I do think that the mask thing is good. I, mm-hmm. I'm surprised. I'm surprised so many people are willing to do it. Um, I didn't think that the U.S. was ever was a culture that could ever ever. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think this was a culture that could ever, ever accept that element of uh, personal health. And uh, I'm surprised and heartened that many people, not everyone, but many people are. Yeah. I mean, once we get out of our own way, and by that I mean once the media stops fucking with us, or, you know, once it gets beyond the media fucking with us, uh-huh. we, can, we can, you know, Americans are like other people. There's no real like, oh, you know, we're, we're not fundamentally different from people. Oh, from mm-hmm. the rest around the rest of the world, I mean, you know, other countries who have uh, longer experiences with uh, with you know viral outbreaks and pandemics with MERS and SARS have become mask wearing cultures uh, as a as a matter not of, as a matter of entirely of routine, but you know, mm-hmm. over the past twenty to forty years, um, a lot of Asian countries have you know had that as a as a fact of life when people get sick they wear masks um mm-hmm. you know, yeah and it just makes sense like it's, it's it does a, it's something that i've said for years and i mean it's I, unfortunately not anything that i've modeled because i was scared of looking like uh, a weirdo mm-hmm. uh which is not not helpful but i'm sure a lot of people felt that way mm-hmm. um 
And now that everyone is sort of just doing it, it's like, maybe I'll just keep doing this. That would be fine. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I need to get a better mask. My mask is just this, like, cloth piece of shit that um, mm -hmm. really restricts breathing. Um, if anyone wants to sponsor us who's a mask company, please feel free. Oh, don't worry. They'll be in our Twitter mentions. Great. Um, yeah, advertising masks. Uh, masks USA sales with like three underscores. Uh, cool. And it's a count I like with, it. Uh, 155 followers and four tweets. Um, <laughs> no, but once we get past the fact that our media is so addicted to the things that our media is addicted to, that they're just going to show us the craziest 15% of the country uh, nonstop, you know. Um, yeah, sure. These reopening protests, of course. Now that these people with guns are now shutting down state houses, uh, it's it's a bit more justifiable that they're on TV all the time, though not with maybe the level of oh, these people have a point coverage that some outlets have been taking. All um, outlets. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, this country is going to reopen whether we like it or not for various. Uh, Political reasons, like kicking people off unemployment, um, so that uh, you know businesses don't have to pay for that anymore. Uh, and a lot of us are going to get sent out there to die. Uh, I am questionably lucky enough uh, that I don't have to go looking for a retail job just yet. Uh, but if this goes on for another six months, I may have to. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. With my current level of savings, and then who knows? You know, who knows? Even if retail jobs will. Uh, still be around. Um, yeah, it's dark. We're about I mean, to hit another depression. Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, and then comes another war, so yeah. get ready for that. Um, but anyway, this is not why you came to this show. Uh, you came to be uplifted, not depressed. Uh, yeah. well, I mean, if you did, I'm sorry. It's silly of you. But uh, but yeah, um, let's talk. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk games. Let's talk. Uh, good news. news. You want good news? Um, I want good news. Gaming spending in the U.S. reached a record quarterly high in quarter one, twenty twenty. Uh, this comes courtesy of the NPD Group's uh, quarter one, twenty twenty games market dynamics U.S. report. Um, let's see. Video game content. It was a uh, ten point nine billion dollar. Uh, spend in quarter one on video games. Wow, this year uh, that is wild. Up eleven percent. Comple completely makes sense. Eleven percent over last year. All of it was Animal Crossing, of course. Um, no, but uh, it, you know there was um, Animal Crossing, the new Doom, the new Call of Duty. Although that's like free to play, so mm -hmm. uh, whatever it, whatever spend is being done on that is like hidden in like I guess the the the, the how is that monetized? They've got. Um... I, I'm sure it's Loot Crate monetized. I mean, yeah. it's what uh, it's. I haven't I haven't played Warzone yet, but it's it's just it's um, it's cosmetics. The fashion right? stuff. Like yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Cosmetics. Uh, I'm sure it's that stuff. Um, uh, uh, Grand Theft Auto Five is mentioned here because, and we'll get to that in a bit about what happened with Grand Theft Auto Five uh, yesterday, uh, as far as recording goes. But that game has had has to have the most ridiculous tale. Uh, of any title ever, uh, it's GTA Online. Yeah, Tr truly. Um, it's that's that game's eight years old, right? I can't believe that. Um, that's wild. It's eight years old. We might as well discuss it now. The uh, Grand Theft Auto Five is eight years old. Or let me make sure that's correct. Happy second uh, grade to Grand Theft Auto Online. I hope it's going okay. Yeah, seven years, seven or eight quarantine. years old. It was released uh, September seventeenth, twenty thirteen. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they uh, Epic, the Epic Game Store for some reason. This is interesting because uh, Rockstar has their own launcher, don't they? Uh, do they? I I guess yeah, they do. So uh, for some reason, and I assume the reason has to do with money. Um, Grand Theft Auto Five showed up on uh, the Epic Store. Maybe it's already been there for a while. I'm not sure. Uh, but this week was free. And okay. Oh, I mean, that probably got a lot of people in. Yeah, it crashed the, the launcher. Like, you had the thing throwing, like, HTML errors. Like, error 404 at some point when they took it down to, wow. to fuck around with it. It was that like, rocks. it was error 500 for a long time. I was actually on it playing Hades. And I was lucky because I started playing the game, like, I want to say an hour or two before... Uh, everyone noticed, I guess, that this game was free, uh, and the launcher crashed. Um, so there were, yeah, there were some significant problems. So you were in game, but if you left game, you would not have been able to get back in. Yeah, yeah. Hades isn't Yikes. like an always online thing; it wasn't communicating with the launcher, but uh, you okay. don't actually have ways to. Uh, maybe, maybe there is a way to launch the executable from your uh, from your local machine by drilling down into the folders. Um, I would think there has to be. Yeah. I mean, there is for Steam. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 su- I assume anyway, if yeah. I really wanted to play Hades, I could have just, you know, found it in an app data or something. Um, but yeah, uh, I, you know, refreshed it. It took a couple hours for the store to hit, to really get stable again. And I, I, of course, claimed my own free copy of that because, you know, free real estate. Yeah, um, sure. Why not? I, I probably won't ever. I mean, I, at some point I'll, I'll install it and check out, uh, the GTA online stuff, but uh, that game really left me cold as far as like the single player experience went. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it's another. T- maybe it's time to give that another shot. But I really don't want to run into Trevor again. Not you. The, uh, the I know the other Trevor. The other, the other Trevor. Yeah. The other Trevor. Um, um, but yeah, G- I mean, GTA. who would ever want to run into me either? So I get it. But <laughs> yeah, GTA Five still a thing. Uh, in yeah. Wild. Twenty twenty. Hey, you know what? I mean, Rockstar is doing the exact same thing a lot of people are doing, and saying if I never have to create another game, then I'm going to make a lot of money. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what, see what Rockstar actually does going forward now that the, one of the Housers is out. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think any game ever really has been... Le- I, no, no. It's not really a, a fair comparison to an MMO like World of Warcraft, because those were developed specifically for... Um, uh, for online play, yeah, and that that, that was intended to have a long tail. Yeah, I mean, this, honestly, that I mean, totally yeah, they, yeah, I assume they wanted this to have a long tail of like you know two to three years, because to be honest, these these multiplayer things we're seeing those with uh, uh, Red Dead Redemption too, um, are supposed to be the things that justify the huge, massive upfront development costs. Right. Sure. Um, of course. And obviously, those games sell really well to begin with. Um, but you know, companies want to make you know three or four times their investment on these things. Companies, companies love making a lot of money. Yeah, they do. Weird. <laughs> um, so the idea of this of this multiplayer mode that, and it didn't take off immediately. I want to say, um, it, yeah, no, there was a there was a period of time where it just was not at all like a thing. It didn't work. Like, I want to say for the first year of its life, it, it just, it was, you know, 
a technical nightmare. Um, yeah, it's like janky. Yeah. And so as the game wound down its single-player life, um, which it did fairly, I, I want to say 5 came and went a lot faster than uh, like RDR2 did uh, mm-hmm. as a single-player cultural concern, but I could be wrong about that. Um, could have just been a while. Uh, and, and I guess we've all pretty much stopped talking about RDR2 as well. Yeah, no, no one's no one's going to talk about that anymore. Um, That's not going to be a Grand Theft Auto Five. I'm I'm willing to bet. Well, I mean, we wouldn't know though. I mean, RDR 2s online uh, component is still. It's been a year and a half since it launched. A year. I know it launched well after the game itself. Um, let's see. Yeah, I mean, it's it launched. I think at the same time as the PC version did, didn't it? I think so. Yeah, it's. Was it really just November last year? Yeah, yeah. Wow. November last year. That's uh, surprising. Yeah, so it is still well within the uh, the spooling up period, let's say, that uh, GTA V online was in for a while. Uh, if we check back in on it within a year, uh, crazy shit will be happening with horses, and people will be te- pretending to be cowboys in live role play servers or stuff. You think Perhaps. that's going to happen? I don't know. No idea. Um, okay. I'd say there's less of an op- of a chance for it to happen, just because I think historical role play type stuff has less inherent purchase and in- or interest than you know contemporary. Like people aren't going to be able. I I, I I won't say won't be able to, but people will be less incentivized. To like go pretend to be a lawyer or a rapper or a lawyer who is on the side a rapper who does heists uh, in Red Dead Redemption Two, as opposed sure. to uh, GTA Five Online, uh, and I think they'll get outside of novelty streams. I doubt they'll get as much of a dedicated audience as some of these GTA Five Online streamers get. Also, it's yeah. just it's just a it's a slower game, more you know, stately paced if we want to be nice about it. Uh, or if we don't want to be nice about it, controls uh, like, you know, you're in molasses. Um, there's, you I know, think, I think there's just the less weirdest, chaos. Oh, God, sorry. I mean, yeah, I mean, the weirdest thing about RDR2 online is like, if you play that game, I don't know what part of it seems like it'll work online. Um, There's like... I, I've watched some people play it. I watched the the Giant Bomb people play it, uh, as well as a couple streamers oh, I yeah. follow. Um, and you know there there appears to be like a home base that you and your 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 robbery clan, um, your your bandit gang can build up. I love my robbery clan. Yeah, uh, but like accessing that seems weird. And there's a lot of like you know we we all have to go through these cutscene doors and amble around. And like the, the the underground secret bar looked kind of like empty and you know silly um, from what I saw. Yeah, uh, it, you it's know. weird. <laughs> What's weird about games like that is when it when they require um, buy in from the beginning, right? Yeah. Like you open up a, an MMO or something like that, like World of Warcraft or whatever, could uh, functioned operating as if like okay, listen, like. We plan for this to become massive, but if it doesn't, the the sort of like vanilla still worked without massive like you know millions of people being interested in it or thousands of people being interested in it. And 
it's just like it's weird to me when there's like a setup that looks like it might work if there were a ton of people, i.e. RDR2 online, mm-hmm. and it just like <laughs> the setup is is not good because no one's there. Yeah, I mean that's like Anthem. Actually, Anthem's a perfect example of this. All right, I don't know if we. I I, I know. Um, I was a bit that wasn't an intentional segue, but uh, yeah. a, a bit strident in my response to Eric earlier. But I don't know if I want to go to the bridge of comparing a Rockstar game to Anthem. <laughs> well, no, I don't. I don't. I don't mean to compare them. I mean to say like the. I mean to say that the the nature of the like the nature of the problem is similar in mm-hmm. that like you have these massive massive systems that look like they could be really cool like all of the the matchmaking and stuff like that in anthem seemed if it was going right and you had enough people there like it could be really cool like the 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 plot seemed neat it seemed like a, a fun game and it just no one was there and nothing was yeah. there and I, I think you could say the same thing about it not exactly the same thing but a similar thing about rdr2 online where it's like yeah, there's like a ton here. There's a secret bar. You have all these bandits and stuff. It's fun. Um, it, it's also like not really usable because no one's here. Like that just that just kills it instantly. Yeah, I, I actually have no idea uh, what the overall user base is right now. I don't think it's. I'm certainly not hearing many people talk about it. Um, no, I don't think. I don't think it's a dead game, but I think it's not particularly popular. Yeah. Um, Do you want to talk about Anthem? Yeah, let's 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 do this. Um, Can we finally? It's, it's, is it is it finally uh, time to play Taps on Anthem? No, um, <gasps> because that would just be too simple. That would tie it off uh-huh. too easily. Uh, the the upshot for what we've referenced like five times, like it's some huge story, uh, is that um, uh, Bioware is putting the brakes on Anthem 2.0, uh, mostly due obviously to uh, coronavirus shit. Um, not not the not the extreme lack of interest. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I guess we're just assuming it's everyone's now working from home. Uh, but like lots of delays are happening. Uh, the exact uh, here is the exact sentence that comes from Bioware Austin Studio Director Christian Daly. The Anthem incubation team has kicked off and we are starting to validate our design hypotheses. Incubation is Boy, a term we use internally. It essentially means we are going back and experimenting slash prototyping to improve on the areas where we believe we fell short and to leverage everything that you love currently about Anthem. Leverage. leverage. I love incubating and leveraging my video games. I mean, I at some point... It feels like the people who have been the the faces of these game efforts since I don't know when it changed, but you know it, it changed from being the guys, the goofy dudes with frosted tips that you'd see <laughs> with like a CRT in the background of their like and a Sonic poster in the background of their cubicles on like yeah. a PlayStation demo disc video. It changed from being those dudes to being project managers, and I mean project managers. Guys who yeah, uh, much. basically speak in executive talk, not because they're executives, but because like they had to they learn, to to they had to learn, you know, the words of God. And if they get, if they <laughs> intoned the words of God incorrectly, they were struck down. And those are the project <laughs> managers you've never met. Those ones who, in, who would have used, um, um, you know, like develop and to develop everything that you currently love about Anthem or to improve everything you currently love about Anthem. No, no, no. The word is leverage. 
Um, and yeah, I think Chris, you're really optimistic about what's going to happen to to Anthem. I mean, it doesn't really matter. I don't think Christian Daly talking one way or another way actually um, is going to affect how the how the people work on it. it. Just makes it you know more aggravating for me personally to listen to. And Daly, you know, I have no. I don't think it really reflects on how Daly does his job either. This is just how you have to talk now to succeed uh, in these positions with how these companies are set up um, and mm-hmm. the cultures that these companies inculcate. Uh, what I do yeah. think is a black mark is everything about Anthem to date. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. And, you know, uh, and you can laugh about all the, you know, the, la- the things we love about Anthem. And I'm sure, as, you know, addressed earlier, there are things people love about Anthem. Um, I, I want to say that people still really dig that uh, jetpack stuff, the flying it's around. It's fun. Um, it's great. It's a good time. And I bet people would... I mean, would enjoy um, a game with, you know, that kind of combat to be better in many other respects. Uh, I, I just don't. Um, when was this? Like, we, we've been sitting on Anthem 2.0 was like leaked months ago. Like the idea that that was happening was leaked months ago. The idea yep. that it's just like kind of spooling up now. And that, you know, this is the, and this is like pre pre production stuff. Like this isn't we're we're preparing to do this because if you want to do Anthem 2.0, you're making a new game, right? Like you have a lot of assets, you're you're ahead of the curve. But just like with Final you're Fantasy, 100 make. I mean, it's a new game. Yeah, yeah, like with like with Final Fantasy 14, the remake, you're making a new game. So this isn't pre production where you have an idea of what you want to do and you're getting your workflows set up so that you can go into actual production. This is pre-pre-production. Correct. Where you're, try- where you're trying to figure out what you want to do. Like, that's what he's saying here. That's what all that gobbledygook means is... Yeah, we need to, we we need need to, to figure out what, what, went what wrong. this game is. Like, like yeah. I mean, I, I assume. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. They know what went wrong. I'm going to assume that the time spent between uh, them deciding to do 2.0 and now was a post-mortem. And they figured out exactly what went wrong with that game to a specificity that we don't have the ability to see on a public-facing way. Like and let's be honest, I don't really care to see it. No, yeah, it's not... I don't want to say it's not any of our business, but it's uh, certainly, like... Well, in the way that you can... In, the, in like, the Megadeth, uh, death, you know, killing is my business, is business is good kind of thing, it is not my business. Like, I don't I don't really care what happened. Yeah, uh, and but it's good for them to know, you know, how this conflict between BioWare Edmonton and BioWare Austin and blah, 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 you know, affected all that stuff. That's good for them to know. Um, of course, yeah. And so now they're entering the what do we do next stage? What do we do? What is this game that we're making stage with all these assets that we already have? Um, uh, and, and then the next bit uh, is daily talking up the value of having a small team on this. Ooh, boy. Um, so, it doesn't project confidence. Um, no, it sounds like, honestly, what it sounds like to me is trying to um, trying to jump ahead and guess and account for critique before you before it comes. Like, oh, yeah, like, you're going to be upset that we don't have enough stuff. Well, here's the reason that's good. Or, oh, you're going to notice that our team's really small. And, like, yeah, I know it's kind of tiny, but, like, 
actually that's intentional. Like it's like it's like the way you do if you have done a project very badly in school and you're like, actually, this was a choice. I mean, I feel like this. Here's another sentence from Daly: A small team gives us the agility a larger one can't afford. Hmm. Agility. It's not a. Uh, it's not a football player. It is a. Uh, it is a group of people trying to make a video game. We're not. It's not like oh yeah, you know, Darren Sproles can run faster and 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 dodge tackles, but um, or could when he was younger. I was gonna go with uh, work done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, but he doesn't have the agility. Um, Sproles was a bad example because he's probably he's like a borderline Hall of Famer. Danny Woodhead, who's had like a couple <laughs> of good seasons uh, since he was a, a weirdo Jets Patriots guy. Um, yeah, those fun seasons in San Diego in the in the Darren Sproles way. Like that guy has agility, and you say like, "Ooh, he's so small," but like watch him, watch him like dart between tackles, and then you're like, "But what about this like?" extremely good running back that I have like on my team. He isn't as fast, but he's like better. Like, okay. Then you can talk about agility versus speed versus cutting. This is a team of people. It's not sports talk. It's like, you know, it's like you, you have the people on the team. Um, You can direct the people on the team. Generally, if there are more people on the team, they can get more work done. Um, And if you have a bigger budget, they can get more work done. And that is just how it goes. Yeah, there's um, and and I'm on the Kotaku article for this. They wind up by saying um, that uh, they're going to like uh, they're going to be going to the Reddit's, meeting the gamers where they live. Um, I'll quote from uh, Ethan Gotch. Ethan Gotch's story: uh, More communication with remaining Anthem players is in the works, though. Uh, quote, these updates could come in the form of an ad hoc live stream or some cool concept art posted on social media or the occasional feed of me curled up in a ball crying in a corner. Daily wrote <laughs> near the end. Um, uh, yikes. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I, I actually that's like kind of the only human thing that he said <laughs> in that I entire mean, thing. I mean, I, but that's know, why that's, it's yikes because it, it sort of feels like he's blinking at the camera and trying yeah. to tell us that he's being kidnapped. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Hell, if you want to abduct me and give me a PM job on a AAA game, I'll collect that check until they fire me. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, yeah, I. He knows. <laughs> he knows that, you know, asking players what's wrong with the game and posting some social media and doing a live stream isn't going to fix anything. Uh, he knows. Of course. That, yeah, and the players know, too. Yeah. Like, it is. It's I I won't say it's insulting because who's who's it actually insulting? But like, it's not it's not helpful. Like, there's nothing there. It, yeah, <laughs> it, it really you don't want to read between the lines too much, but it really does feel like EA is not committing to this project. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, if if EA wanted Anthem two point to succeed, EA would spend the money to get Anthem two point to succeed. Like EA has the funds. They have the capacity to do this. In fairness, they spent the money to get Anthem 1.0 to succeed, and it didn't work out. So, oh yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. No, no. but like maybe they can't just throw money at the problem. <laughs> well, okay, so yes, but if EA wanted this to become like a success, they could 100% be like, "Hey, look, like uh, here's the money to try and make this right." I can't do it. I'm an executive, but maybe you can, designer. Ah, see, that's where you broke you. kayfabe. That's where you got unrealistic, where, where the part where you said, I can't do this. I'm an executive. No executive. Oh, yeah, like okay. That. I don't feel like doing this. I'm an executive, but I could yeah. do everything. Yeah. Um, see, 
well, that's the thing. Like we, when we talked about this previously, the problems with Anthem's dev as Trier went over in his piece, uh, appeasing the executives was a huge part of it, and that was those both executives on the Bioware side and executives on the EA side. Um, this seems sort of like a through line. Anything that mm-hmm. the executives of that company turn their dread gaze to explodes. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, we'll, I guess we'll check back in. We'll see what happens next in the Anthem saga. But I I thought it was even odds last time we talked about this. Um, we didn't talk about it last week. I, we just talked shit about it in relation to another game last week. But the last time we talked about Anthem, I would have put about even odds on the next communication we get regarding this project being we're rolling it up, we're done here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's, uh, I, I, you know, they obviously they passed that test. We got a communication, and it's not, we're rolling it up, we're done here. But I want to say the odds of the next one being that have increased a little bit. Um, and, you know, <sighs> it's really, obviously we don't get the full, it, it, obviously things are disrupted right now, thanks to the pandemic. Um, and we don't get the full, and, and obviously because of the games media itself is falling apart, Schreier is, uh, the guy with, yeah, yeah we keep re- referencing Jason, uh, you know, you'd hope there, there are, there, there are other people doing that, this kind of work, but he is the guy who has had the, uh, and he's doing it at Forbes now, yeah, For- the place we definitely trust. Forbes is, here's the thing about Forbes, Forbes, like, they're one of those outlets. I, I've known people who've written for them because they do. They they've done video game stuff for a while. They do sports stuff uh, from mm-hmm. time to time. Um, yeah, and it's not all business stuff because Forbes like they're one of these sites that like doesn't always whose editors always don't always seem to know what's going on with the upstart digital media vertical people. Like right. they'll only check in with those guys once every six months, and as long as they're not completely horrified by what they're seeing over there, as long as someone's not you know calling for communism in the streets, um, and they're they and they're getting they decent mind. engagement, they'll just you know the 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 guard spotlight that you know causes a game over when it hits you will shift across the uh, the stealth section to the next area, and you'll be mm-hmm. free to do your yep. business again. Um, <laughs> But, you know, he is, in a way, he has the credentials to go to a place like Forbes and say, here's what I have, here are my contacts, here's my work, I am an actual legitimate capital R reporter, um, and get that sort of beat. Uh, I don't think we've seen, uh, he, we haven't, he he hasn't actually made his Forbes debut, debut yet, I don't think, so we don't really know what he's doing over there. But either way, we're sort of in a blackout period for information on what's going on in Bioware. Um, yeah, for sure. Until someone else steps up. And I'm sure there will be other reporters that these people leak to um, if Schreier isn't available. Uh, but with the work from home stuff, uh, the, you know, the pandemic, perhaps the shakeup in the media, uh, I'm not surprised we don't have more information about a bigger, better picture of what's going on in Bioware. But uh, the last two stories we've heard are this Anthem thing and that, like, DA4 is starting over from scratch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that, yeah, for sure. It does not seem like... And it, it sucks, because Bioware, is, historically, is easily one of my favorite um, franchises. Yeah, but Bioware is... Uh, franchises Bioware of now is favorite not... Um, studios. Yeah, but, I mean, Bioware of now is not really... I mean, they've... 
Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, all that IP That's is still joke. attached to them. I mean, and well, and you know, it, it wasn't all that long ago that Bioware was still good. Like, I'm, I, I'm not like yearning and pining for you know, like Kotor Bioware or whatever. Um, I, you know, I, I'd be fine with just you know seeing Dragon Age Inquisition Bioware, you know, without all the <laughs> horrible uh, labor practices going on. Like, it wasn't that long ago they were putting out games I liked. Like, are, you need to remember, I'm a guy who stands for Mass Effect Andromeda. Bioware, oh, yeah, can, Bioware yeah. doesn't have a like a a lofty bar to clear for me. I, I you know, and yet, and yet, here we are, and yet, um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's just it's really disappointing. So disappointing that we just spent like 15 minutes on it. <laughs> well, let's move on to something less disappointing. Let's talk about. Uh, oh, actually, here's something kind of fun. Um, I think the Tony Hawk remaster should be kind of interesting yeah i'm actually i'm looking forward to playing that uh it's a funny story it's been a while yeah the, tony hawk like broke the news himself on one of those silly like sign up and tony hawk will text you services um <laughs> which is uh-huh. which is like charmingly 2004 or something it feels oh, yeah. like like one of those ridiculous stunts from like back then except then it would have been done with like how, how, i don't know how, it would have been done at, like uh I, I guess at a show or something not, not through texting so not quite the same, um, but yeah, no, like it's it, it looks, it looks good. Like, yeah. Um, well, I don't know. Like, if it's a remaster, I don't know how they're gonna mess it up unless they like radically. Well, I mean, they've already it, mas- I mean, messed up a remaster once of this franchise. Tony Hawk HD was a trash trash fire. Uh, like, well, true, but they do kind of know what. I mean, I, I feel like remasters have hit their stride a bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, this, this was like a full remake. This is not okay. a remaster. It's a re like if you look at the the side by side comparisons, they're slightly changing level de- geometry. It's obviously a brand new engine, brand new mm-hmm. graphics. There's more crackling oh, around well, then on the that's ground. Like a, yeah, yeah. They're they're completely redoing like are all all the classic skaters are in there again, but now they're all going to look middle aged. Is Ryan Dunn in it? Are they going to make him middle aged? Um, is he? Uh, I, I vaguely know he, that he name. died. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, he's, yeah, he's from. He's from. Uh, I think. I think. Uh, actually, I'm gonna check. Maybe that might have just been in bad taste. I won't. Let's see. Ryan Dunn. Uh, Tony Hawk. Yeah, he's in Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Um, I think. In any case, he was in one of them, and he uh, he died in a car accident when he was driving drunk. Oh. Um, well, I, so uh, I. I don't think he's I gonna doubt be it. In. Um, yeah, I, and I mentioned this on Twitter that like. You know, they, they advertise it as all as, you know, having a roster of legendary skaters. Has skating built any new names since the Tony Hawk franchise? I don't feel equipped to say. Yeah. I well, like... see, I mean, I, I know skaters probably yeah. know. I, I made a comment. Yeah. There were one or two people like mentioning a, a couple guys in my mentions. Um, but, I you know, I didn't know them because it feels like skating as a mainstream phenomenon has just dropped off the face of the earth since the X games did. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I mean, I think you can definitely, you could definitely argue that, um, you could definitely argue that the, um, the skating world is in kind of a similar place to baseball in that, like, I don't know if a lot of people can name a baseball player. Uh, I think you, but, I think that might be overstating it a little bit. Uh, maybe, yeah, probably. Like, I mean, most people may not be able to name 
So they may not. Yeah, most people would not be able. To, maybe would not be able to name an active player, but the active player they would name, uh, inactive player they would name, would probably be Derek Jeter. And Derek Jeter was active a hell of a lot more recently than Tony Hawk was. Tony Hawk. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean this this could be a chance for them to revitalize the sport. Um, I think Tony Hawk Pro Skater did a lot to do that yeah, when it first yeah. came out. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. I mean. It might just be something whose moment has passed, um, much like baseball. Yeah. Um, though uh, we're not going to get into baseball in the pandemic on this podcast, but no, uh, people have all sorts of places that my friends specifically are talking about you and Mark Normandin and uh, all sorts of people. Seth is running his sim, and yeah, you could you could just go to my feed and you'll see all sorts of stuff. Yeah, uh, but. The time, the time may have passed skating by as far as you know mainstream shit goes. Um, mm-hmm. it, it feels like a very suburban activity, um, in a way that maybe the the way our public spaces are collapsing completely uh, is not going to have as much purchase moving forward. Um, Possibly, yeah. Although there is a skate park near me. Yeah, I mean those People places still exist. I, it's not like it's you know dead, dead, but yeah, it might be dead in the sense that it's much more difficult to make money off of. It's just red dead. Hmm. To go back, just sorry. Um, sorry, I did that. Um, but yeah, now they got okay. they got most of the classic music. Um, yeah, I saw only they only lost uh, Public Enemy and Anthrax, which yeah, is a drag. Yeah, but you know what? That happens. You don't always get all the songs. And if you have some of the old, like, classics... Look, they got Superman, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, you okay there? Yeah, I had to um, burp. It just sounded like a weird burp is all. Oh, they did not mute? Oh, well. <laughs> I, I, tri- I tried uh, to mute it. <laughs> it's going to stay. It's going to stay. Awesome. Um, so let's see. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Okay, so talk to me a little bit about what you think about... Um, uh, the uh, Unreal Five engine. All right, yeah. So that's that. that demo. I saw mm-hmm. I saw that clip, and I thought the exact same thing you did that you have in notes here. And I I don't know how long we can tease that out, but I'm interested in at least touching on it. So there was uh, the the most famous gameplay demo advanced footage from a new console in history. Probably is the Killzone 2 trailer for the PS2. Okay. Do you remember that at all? PS2? Yeah. You mean PS3? No, uh, was it the PS3? Yeah, PS3. Sorry. Because Killzone, yeah, Killzone was an Xbox, Xbox 360 um, game. It was for the PS3, <laughs> and they put out this trailer that was supposedly gameplay footage. And right. it was amazing yeah. looking. Just fantastic. Utterly fantastic. Uh, and it was all a lie. Uh, well, not all of it, uh, but basically what they're doing <laughs> is they Lie-ish. took one of the they took like basically the in-engine pre-rendered cutscene from like the start of a level. Um, did some camera stuff to it to make it look like you know that you were in like first-person view with the gun or whatever, uh, and then prettied it up with effects. And then when the final product came out it and it looked nothing like that, people were obviously they had concerns. Um, yeah, I don't think that this is going to be to that the, this clip that we got from Epic uh, about the Unreal Five engine on PS Five is that level of deceptive. I think that no, I I would be surprised. Speaking, 
uh, a PS5 game should look like this. Like this is about the baseline of what I would expect from a high-end system uh, on you know running. What is honestly, there's stuff in there that the current gen can't do, but the the general contours of that sequence are not Look beyond. Like yeah. yeah, they're not yeah. beyond the um, remit of a PlayStation Four. Uh, now, some of the effects, some of the fidelity, that is, and that's what you'd expect from a next gen thing. But that looked yeah. like a quick time event. Like they, you know, yeah. there, there there wasn't a HUD. You didn't see a HUD. Uh, we did see the character generally being controlled. You could probably assume being controlled by a, someone with a controller. Uh, but it did very much look like because uh, the the if you haven't seen the footage, it's a um, generic uh, explorer character um, going from high up on a cliffside through some collapsing ruins to a portal at the end of a long canyon, basically. Um, from point A to point B. Very like Tomb Raider reboot looking. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, to my eyes, there's magic to it. She's flying around. Um, yeah, that's true. You know, zipping and uh, bouncing from point to point. Um, there is a section at the beginning where she passes through a very tight crevasse and it, the camera comes in real close, and people thought that was a loading screen. Um, Epic insists that no, we just wanted to get in that close so you could see the fidelity and how much detail there was on this rock face, mm. to which I say, okay, all right, sure. Yeah, maybe. All right, and, you know, it's good to see that stuff too. Uh, very interesting time to do it instead of like having her walk over to a random surface in the greater, larger world and then you do your zoom and your pull back. Um, no, no, they they obviously had a reason they didn't do that super easy thing. Yeah. Uh, but yes, the uh, the footage itself looks like uh, she's bouncing from point to point to point, uh, and they just removed the A button prompts. Um, mm-hmm. It looks fantastic. Looks great. I'm looking forward to uh, maybe selling um, a future child of mine into debt slavery so I can afford the system when yeah. it comes out, and then just not having kids. So you know, it, I, I get it coming and going. Oh, you can't make deals with Satan like that. They'll, they'll nah, get it's you. not Satan. It's you know, okay, yeah. we, we're too cheap and unesthetic to have Satan. Okay, it's just going to be guess. some guy named Bob. Um, you can't make deals like that with Bob. He'll get you. Know, he he will get me. He'll send you know. Eventually, there'll be debt peonage in this country again for everyone, not just uh, poor people. Um, right. Yes. But yeah, anyway, it, we're getting into the depressing stuff again. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I don't. Oh no, we only have. Okay, so there's one last non-depressing thing to talk about, which is Evo Online. No, uh, no, Ghost of Tsushima isn't that depressing. Uh, It's depressing because it's just more Orientalist garbage. Yeah, (laughs) but that's still funny to laugh at. Is it? I mean, not not the actual garbage itself, but the people making it, sure. (laughs) All right, so Ghost of Tsushima, uh, the trailer came out. Um I, I I saw some people say that it looks like a less impressive Sekiro. I, saw I, I, I don't say, think I really don't think you should be people. See, this is the thing that, that people were doing beforehand is comparing it to to Sekiro, and I feel like that's yeah, setting it up both setting ghosts clear. up for failure because um, that's not what Ghost is doing, and also like you don't need to compare all the Japanese sword games to each other. That's not a genre; it's a setting. <laughs> like yeah, they are two right. very different games. If Ghost is well, it's like when people were like when people were comparing Dark Souls three and Neo, like. All right, but those those are games. at least in those are at least have share a lot of core ne- mechanics, right? 
Like, okay. Ghost of Tsushima shares its core mechanics with The Witcher 3 and Ubisoft games. Um, like, if you, if you, like, obscured the main, if we took the main character out of frame, so I couldn't see, uh, that I was playing as a, as a, you know, not samurai. Uh, so I don't have a main mm. character for reference. And you just, you know, scrolled around the game world. The way the contrast lighting looks, the way the environments look, the way wind is a big factor in the environments, that is all CD Projekt Wet Red Witcher 3 shit. Like, Sucker Punch yeah. is going for that look. Uh, and I think, you know, uh, um, the bit rate on that state of play was pretty crappy, so I didn't get a great idea of the fidelity on that. Um, but it looked, you know, that that is a good look. It's a high-contrast lighting look. Um uh, it's a very striking look, especially when you get long vistas, and it was easily my favorite part of that demo because then we got to see the combat. Um, yeah, and I mean, look, like, I'm sure the combat will be fun uh, to what it is, but, like, I don't know. There's so many games coming out. I don't really feel like – I call me call me whatever, you know, SJW term you want to, uh, the internet, but uh, I, I just, like, I don't feel like I – have like a lot of time to give to a game that like can't keep its historical facts straight, but also wants to give me an historical story. Yeah. Like, he's like, Oh, we'll throw in katanas. Cause they're really cool. Even though they're hundreds of years out of date. Like I wouldn't play a world war two thing where they had like laser. Well, no, actually I'm actually now thinking um, about battlefield one. <laughs> play. Yeah. So, okay. So take that back. But, you know, I wouldn't play like, you know, you wouldn't play a game that, that build itself as historical. I'll, I'll give you an example, like Shadow Hearts, right? Mm -hmm. You remember that game? Um, it was sort of like set in Victorian uh, England. -ish. Oh, you, you know, the um, sequels went to America, right? And they got real. Oh, I didn't one. know that. Yeah. Uh, like real but, Five like, Goes but, West like, shit. That's sweet. But like, I mean, in those games, yeah, there's magic and all sorts of like all sorts of weird stuff and all. But like, you don't pull out a cell phone. It's all books. Well, I mean, and, steam trains. Uh, you you did it's mention like, Neo, right? That that's historical yeah. fiction. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And I'm not First saying white it's man particularly the, good. No, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, and it's another thing. Like it's another thing that the the problem with Neo is just intensified with Ghost of Tsushima because Ghost of Tsushima is definitely trying to trade in on that. Like, oh, we're telling a story of the samurai. I don't. And it's yeah, like, I mean, he, the thing is, I don't think it's actually any more ridiculous or insulting than the Assassin's Creed games it's saving. I. It's fairly a low bar. To oh, it's an there. absolutely low bar to to step over, especially when you get to stuff like uh, that that Vikings game that's going to be coming out. Uh, all those uh, wrist blades that the Vikings used. Um, but you know, uh, I've shoveled that slop into my mouth before. Um, people and and you know what? I don't judge people for playing a game. Like it, it's fine, but I I do think I I don't know. Like I think I think. We're going to end up having conversations about this, the the, the historical choices they made. Um, I think it's going to be I, much less problematic and much more funny than anything else. Uh, I, yeah, I don't think – I think they'll be smart enough and respectful enough not to completely show their asses and just instead be these – like, let's take uh, the Kurosawa mode for for. Oh, no, they're not actually calling it that. That's me being an ass. No, they said it's like they, they yes, said, they like, said oh, it what know. it's based on, which is uh, the movies. Yeah, all those, all shot those his movies in black and all white. those movies you love. <laughs> now, in fairness, 
I did talk about high contrast lighting before. You will need a lot of high contrast lighting to make black and white work. But you can't actually get a black and white experience by just putting a black and white filter over something. Like it didn't even like it didn't even work for like Mad Max Fury Road. Um if you saw the Chrome edition, yeah. that that's, you know, okay. It, you know, you can watch a movie in black and white or you can watch a black and white movie. Um, and so, yeah, they're, they're not going to make the artistic decisions necessary to make that, that filter anything more than a grayscale filter. And honestly, that would require redoing their entire art team design. So I don't blame them for that. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, like they have chosen the wrong period of time if they want to do an all your favorites samurai and ninja katanas on the beach as the wind blows story. Um, but I don't think anyone's going to punish them for that outside. Like, as long as the gameplay I mean, I know works. How games yeah, work. I I know how. I, look, like I'll I'll have my bully pulpit and everything like that. That's great. But like, I I get it. Like, I, I'm sure it'll be a success. Yeah, and I and honestly, the the ability to the, these things never really play out the way. Like, I, I'm I I'm skeptical of the idea that there's going to be good discrete differences between like the warrior play style and the sneaking play style um in the way that they showed on in the trailer um because the way they presented it is uh if you roll into a because like, it looks like an ubisoft game where you take and capture installations obviously um if you roll into a, a base in your uh period uh non-specific samurai armor with your sword out and you just go, hey, fight me. Um, the game plays sort of like a Witcher game with the sword play. Okay. Uh, or like an Arkham. It was, it was hard to tell um, whether it was more Witcher 3 or more like an Arkham game um, with its control. fairly big difference, but I can see also why it would be tough to tell yeah. in a trailer. Um, but it is, you know, it's a character action. You're going around, you're parrying, you're striking people with a sword, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. If you do the ninja play style, it's like an Assassin's Creed game. You're sneaking along roofs, you're doing stealth kills, you know, you're hitting people with poison daggers. Um, you know, you can get into a scrap, but you can't really, you don't really have the survivability. What I'm worried about is that those two aren't really distinct play styles. Like that, they was yeah. just how that guy, how how the the review, the presenter was choosing to play to sort of pretend that those are distinct, and that you can just sort of, if you want to, storm through the camp if you're if you pass the item, the gear level test, or like like or you have to sneak yeah. through like like the the determinant on whether you play as a warrior or a ninja isn't whether or not you have invested your time into one of these two disciplines, but, you know, whether your gear is good enough for a stand-up fight. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, that would be the Assassin's Creed problem, yeah. for sure. Um, and, you know, we'll see how it goes. It's it's coming out soon. It's like a July 17 release. It's a, it's releasing against the new Paper Mario. Uh, I can't imagine it's going to do well against the new Paper Mario. Hey, look, Animal Crossing and Doom released against each other, and uh, Nintendo won that one. So uh, it goes. But they were friends. That too. was true. They, all the devs liked each other. I mean, yeah. Um, <laughs> ostensibly, I don't know. Maybe that was kayfabe. Uh, but all right, last thing, um, Evo. Yeah. So Evo's weird this year. 
obviously, like every fighting game, R.I.P. Um, R.I.P. Combo Breaker uh, 2020 uh, lives in our hearts. I uh, I was going to be there this year uh, anyway. Uh, it would be my first year in the last uh, two missing it. But, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I've been to the previous two. I would have been missing this one. But uh, our good friends, uh, we have good friends in the no couch community who all put it together. It is like, I mean, it's it's I'm making it sound like it's a tiny thing. It's the third biggest fighting game comp uh, FGC thing in the country. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, they did a lot of hard work and it didn't work. So, like, it's happening all over and it finally happened to Evo. It's not going to happen yep. in the way we're used to. Uh, I mean, and the big thing, of course, is is the games that had to change. Right. Yeah. No, of course, because, like, you can only play certain games over netcode. Um, and I mean, some games like in particular, Super Smash Brothers, Melee, um, you can't play anywhere except in person. Yeah. Uh, any sort of retro stuff. I mean, you're not going to play any of the old Street Fighter games or anything. Only the ones with like inborn netcode are really going to work out for uh, tournament play because people are playing uh, from their from their homes. Yeah. Do you think this is going to get? Uh, devs to focus a bit more on that stuff moving forward because it does feel like yes I do I, it does feel like some fighting game devs uh, treat the online community sort of like a joke after afterthought when it comes to dev time I feel like yeah I think the so like it's tough because like I think a lot of the um, I think a lot of the uh, uh, better players, best players in the world play in groups in person. But I also think a lot of like the mid tier and to lower tier, like myself players, uh, or I guess trash tier would be made like below mid tier, uh, or uh, low tier. I'd be like, you know, the, the S or the X at the bottom of the tier list where they're just like, just only for, only for memes. Um, but you know, like you can only really play, uh, online. Um, but the the issue of lag, the issue of input lag, particularly, has become like such a well known issue that uh, I mean, you know, it, it's tough. Like I think the devs will focus on it. Um, I'm not sure how much of it you could fix without a, uh, a fairly like wide ranging change in how net how net play works or um, enormous infrastructure change in how. Um, I mean, let's just say America uh, has uh, their internet set up, which I don't have a lot of faith in, but also could very well happen as we are all stuck uh, inside for longer and longer. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. But yeah, no, uh, so you said, yeah, you pointed out Smash Brothers got spiked. Um, Not surprising at all. Uh, That would be the one that would get spiked. And uh, let me think. I guess... I'm trying to make a guess here. My guess would be that this is a big win for the anime fighters because um, you sort of like they're not they're not games like Tekken, which are pixel perfect. Yeah. So like if you don't have to worry about pixel perfect, that pixel perfection and you're more worrying about technique, the lag is going to be less of an issue. Um, although that's mostly a guess. I could be wrong. I, I do think I do think the anime fighters, particularly um Unist, uh, which is having another game come out soon, is going to be a real winner of this because its net plays pretty decent. Cool. 
You got a lot to say about this. I mean, I'm just like everything's falling apart. <laughs> well, we got to get you got to get to bed before you get too depressed. Um, all right, John, I think we're all playing the same games again. Uh, although you're playing a new game. You said you were playing Hades. Longtime listeners of the show uh, will know that John loves yep. Hades. They added some new stuff um, in. Um, big new content update. They are being hit by, you know, everything where everyone else is being hit by. So it's unclear when that game is going to be launching out of early access. Uh, it was It's supposed mm-hmm. to launch out of early access at some point this year. Uh, 1.0 seems like it's right around the that's corner. That's what they say. That Right now they're saying sometime in June is when their next big update will be. But they have hedged off of saying that that's going to be the live update, that that's going to be the 1.0 update. Um, mm-hmm. What they're doing is they're doing the final code conversions so that they can put it out in console. Um, and obviously, you cool. know, that's a great switch. Yeah. Game. Uh, so the, and they want to like, they want to make it perform better. They're doing all the stuff that you need to do to have an actual release from a technical perspective. Uh, now that they've gotten the game mostly where they want it from a content and, uh, you know, design perspective. Um, so the next update sometime in June is going to be all of that stuff, most of which players won't be seeing on the front end. Um, except for the players for whom Hades ran like garbage. Uh, they should hopefully right. be able yes. to use it much better now. Um, and then I assume the update after that will be the live update for, um, you know, the game's actual release. Uh, some 18 months after after the first bill was available. Um, oh. uh, yeah, so I got back into it a little bit. Um, there's a there's a new weapon in there, the uh, the fist weapons, which I hadn't oh fun been playing with before. Uh, so I got in some time with them, beat Hades with them, uh, since they're extremely good. Um, I've also like I've been going through my Steam archive and just like installing random games from the past. Oh, fun. Uh, mostly because they 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 have like one sixth of the cost of a modern game in terms of hard drive space. Like yes, uh, I can just course. if I can just install a uh, four to six gigabyte uh, Xbox three sixty port, um, you know I'll be sitting pretty with that for at least a couple days um, before going back to like, some eighty gigabyte uh, battle royale monster. You know? Yeah. Uh, so the last remnants one of those. It's a um, it was one of these like secondary Square Enix releases, like off the main branch yeah. of uh, the Final Fantasies and the the big franchises that they have. It's sort of like in this weird FF12, FF14 space aesthetically, um, where it's a serious fantasy universe sort of, um, and it's got you know, it's in it. it I'm not sure what to call the level of technology in those games where they just sort of have arbitrary. Uh, technology and justify. Oh yeah, technology. Like crystal like punk. The limits of technology or whatever is fun. Um, yeah, but it's got that going on. Um, it's uh, it's one of it, basically the it's uh, like a it's sort of like a, a turn based tactics game, except it's all theater of the mind for distances and stuff like that. It's hard to explain, but it, it's a it's like a tactics game. We play as platoons, not as single units. Um, on a battlefield, and a lot of it is positioning based, based on like who your, like who your who your platoon is tied up with, prevents those platoons from going and fucking with your other platoons. You can flank each other, mm-hmm. and all that stuff, but it moves real quick. Uh, so oh, cool. instead, like my biggest problem with turn based games, turn based JRPGs, is that you get bogged down in every random battle. They just take yeah. forever. 
like the way that can certainly you be need true. to do like what Final Final Fantasy Tactics sort of understood is that unless you really wanted to go out of your way to grind, every battle is a plot battle. Um, mm-hmm. You didn't have you know all of these just random encounters like sapping your because you could only really fit in maybe three to four battles of, like a, a a session when you're gaming. Um, because that's like unlike with like a Final Fantasy game like seven or something where you can just blow through a uh, a random encounter in you know a minute and a half a minute uh, yeah turn based typically turn based yes. uh, random encounters in say like Tactics Ogre uh, routinely take you like ten to fifteen minutes or so um, so this streamlines all that makes that stuff feel good but still maintains the like aesthetics of building a mercenary company and nice. uh, running around. And obviously there's a JRPG plot. Your sister got kidnapped. Dumb bullshit. Um, so far the plot hasn't really distinguished itself, but it's not bad. Um, okay. And it doesn't like, uh, there's some really funny, like there, there's really innovative fantasy races. Um, they're not using, they're both not using like the Western archetypes of dwarves and elves and whatever. But they're not using like mm-hmm. the square in-house archetypes of like cute bears and you know um, <laughs> cat girls and stuff like that. Like the races here uh-huh. are all mixes of um, like there's there's these like seven foot tall four armed bat people, except oh, that cool. the their second set of arms instead of being like the like Shiva from Final Fantasy or whatever, where they they both sets come out of the sh- have some massive shoulder joints. These people's second set of arms come out of their hips, so oh. that uh, like they can wield these like giant two-handed pole arms and get the crop proper grip on it because obviously their second set of hands is down near their ass, and they can just oh, yeah they cool. can get that. And with the obvious knock-on effect that when they're just walking around uh, town, the second set of arms can just be crossed over their chest like a badass. Um, oh yeah, that's yeah. Sweet. And then there's like these like uh, they're the token cute race are these like. Uh, half lizard, half rabbit creatures. They've got like floppy ears, hmm. but frog faces. Uh, you know, it's just okay. a bunch of like a bunch of the animals that you that aren't usually coded as cute, but as instead as weird and disgusting that actually got remade and you know uh, reformulated into these these the, these great fantasy races. Um, so cool. I've been enjoying it a lot. I'm not sure if I'm going to finish it. There are some downsides to it. Enemy variety is kind of low to the point where, like, I'm already hitting pallet reswaps, like, six hours into oh, the game. Ugh. Yeah. Um, and they're not even really pallet reswaps. Like, the, if the, like, they, they sort of visually all look the same. Um, so, I, yeah, the, the enemy variety is just not really there. Uh, and if I have to grind too much more with just, and, it, and it's not even the the visuals. Like, there's only so many times I can face literally the same exact enemies with the same exact moves and strategies. It yeah. gets boring. Yeah, no, um, for sure. And we'll see, you know, how much longer I can stick with that. Uh, I'm hoping they they you know introduce some new um, variety soon. Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I would I would hope so as well. I mean, it sounds like a great game, but I, in much of what I've heard about The Last Remnant, it is also not like a particularly polished yeah, game. That would that makes sense. Um, I've been kind of off and on with video games this week. I've been doing a lot of recording, so I haven't had a lot of time to game seriously. But uh, I did I did play this game actually for and a, a um, an indie review show with Liv uh, that'll be coming out soon, and uh, it's called oh. 
Please excuse me. Um, I'm going to cut that out so it doesn't make oh, the game sound bad. Oh, but my burp sound stays in. Okay. Yeah, of course it does. Uh, well, now this has to stay Hell in. Yes. Darn it. Ugh, Bernard. Um, no, the game's actually great. It's called a Mini Healer. Um, it's a cute little uh, indie game on Steam. Um, it is... Uh, it's great. Like, it's, it's really fun. It is a... Um, the basic premise is it's like MMO healing. Uh, it's not an MMO. It's just a uh, it's just a, a regular game. But you play as the healer, and you have to keep your party alive as they fight uh, like bosses. Effectively, it's just just bosses, not anything else. And it's sort of in a row. Um, but the game is is like mostly based around you kind of figuring out where to allocate points, how to get better, uh, like minor grinding, but like in fun ways. It's just a very cute game that gives you a sense. I think like the cool thing about it is Mini Healer does this kind of masterful move where it is very much like uh, what MMO healing is like in a video mm. game, but it gives it it gives you a sort of sense of that as opposed to making it like one to one, which would just be stultifying. <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, it's great. It's fun. The aesthetic is really neat. It's kind of pixely and Dungeons and Dragonsy and like. But not in like a twee way. Um, I think it's worth your time. It's early access yet, but uh, it's definitely good and very cheap. And you can play it for like five or ten minutes at a time if you just need to uh, have something to take your mind off of all of this. Cool. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, here's hoping that next week we'll all be back outdoors and getting the coronavirus. Yes. Kill me now, um, God. Strike me down. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Only Donald Trump can kill you. Um well, I'll talk to you next yeah. week, John. Have a have a have a as good a week as I you will can. I'll try as always. Good night, everyone. <laughs> good night. <laughs>